0: Welcome to the Novice No Longer Podcast, episode three. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Novice No Longer Podcast, where I help you build better products and get the press you deserve. I am really excited about this week's guest. His name is AJ. He is a developer who built an app called Roomie, which is room with an I. It's available now. It's been for about two months and it helps you find roommates. And it is so much better than Craigslist, which I've used a few times. I've had some nightmare roommates and Roomie really does work in basically eliminating that and helping you find good roommates. Now, He's had a few projects in the past, but this is the first one that's really had sticking power for him. So I really like this interview because he talks about what he did in the past and the mistakes that he made and what he did this time right. And if you are looking to build a product, following AJ's footsteps is a fantastic way to do it. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to get right into the interview. I'm really excited for it. If you enjoy this, please go into iTunes, give me a rating. It really helps other people find it and helps me out a lot. And I'll love you. So Enough of me. Into the interview with AJ. Enjoy. So, uh, AJ, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. So, um, just to kick things off, I wanted to uh, have you explain a little bit about your app, because you have an app called Roomy, and it's still kind of new. So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your app?
1: Yes, so... (laughs) What Rumi does, uh, the whole problem is that you're finding an apartment and you're finding a roommate. So, you you know, you have been, uh, people have been using Craigslist to search all these apartments every day, back and forth emails, and really trying to find out who the people are, right? And who would I be living with? And I think that is a question here. So, you know, that's why we have Rumi here, you know. You can find your right apartment and you can actually get to know the people who are living in the apartment. So, you know, their likes, dislikes. You actually know, you know, if they're a smoker, non smoker, laid back people, or party animal, you know, what are their preferences? So, you can relate to them, okay, you know, is this the person that I can live with? And if it goes well, you know, you can instantly chat within the app and you decide to meet up. And if it all goes well, then your roommates.
0: So is it like a social network for people looking for roommates then?
1: It is. It's just tied to an apartment. So basically, you know, there are are other sites out there that match people. We do not match people, but we just let you see who the person is actually living in the apartment.
0: So you're actually listing a room, not yourself.
1: Yes, yes. But you are...
0: Interesting, yeah.
1: ...telling about the preferences because at the end of the day, you are looking for an apartment. Even if you find someone, you actually need an apartment, right? So, but someone, imagine, you know, me and you are living together and someone moves out. So I can go and list the apartment. Hey, you know, I am, I'm a male, you know, I like to do all these things and I'm looking for this kind of roommate. Yeah. So that- now you get the idea. Yes.
0: Yeah. I've, uh, Uh, here in new york i've used craigslist to find roommates and to find rooms numerous times and it's always such a pain because because like you said it's a bunch of emails back and forth and like the first person that emails usually okay well they kind of have first go but they might not even be the best person it's impossible to tell anything from email
1: yeah yeah and i think the biggest thing that i have seen on the app is when people are chatting there's so much more hey you know I am available right now, or I'm available on Monday or Wednesday or this time, and I'm not available this time. And I can see the picture. Is it a male or a female? You know, I don't know who you are because it's anonymous, right, on Craigslist? I don't know who you are. So until I see you, and I don't want to meet all these bunch of people that I don't know. I don't even know how they look like.
0: Yeah, I- I- I had an old roommate who usually took charge because we had a, a four-bedroom place, so we had one person in each of the rooms. And w- one of the roommates was not very good at finding new roommates because there was one room in the apartment that was a constant revolving door of people. Okay. And yeah, we we had some not so desirable people in there. I got some fun stories from those times. <laughs> so yeah, that was, cool. was there anything that happened to you that inspired? this idea or where did this idea kind of come from
1: so you know when I moved to New York back in 2007 I actually had my first roommate and so one time I went back to India to see my family and when I came back he actually left the apartment and uh, took the money the deposit threw my stuff I don't know what happened to my stuff so actually I had no apartment when I came back oh my gosh yeah (laughs) yeah
0: were, so, were the keys changed? Like, were you able to get in there? Or what happened? No. What was it like?
1: There was nothing because I just, I couldn't get in. So I spoke to the landlord and he said, like, you guys took the deposit back. Like, your roommate did it. So you left. Like, you actually left the apartment.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So that's something happened. It was in my mind, but not really consciously. Yeah. And then uh, three years ago, I had another roommate. And we, we got along pretty well. But the only thing was the cleaning problem, I think. I just didn't make sure before that, hey, dude, you know I am a clean freak, and I think I would want you to clean, you know. So, there's certain things, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. You know, he was always messy, and uh, he's a, he's a good guy, you know. It's just we didn't get along, like we, yeah. because. And then, like two, then last year, I hear you know my friends are telling me that yeah, they have issues with the roommates, like arguments about cleaning, and I think it's a lot of tension when you live with someone, and it should be a good environment to live in you know you should be happy when you live with someone and i think people do not you know clear things before they move in so that's what we do with room you, know, you can have rules so when you're posting an apartment we have a screen that you can define rules hey do not bring the couple in do not do all these things you know i want you to be like that so if it goes with you you know go ahead and become roommates if not then find something else
0: mm-hmm. now you're a developer right Yes: So when, when you had this idea, what was your first step? Like you, you kind of had this bad experience with your roommate. It was in the back of your mind. Tell me kind of what happened next.
1: Um, the first thing I did is actually, you know, start writing down the idea and start finding, how can I test that this, if this is something people would like to use before I even invest my time and money? So I created a form, uh, like a Google Docs form. And I just started emailing a bunch of people on Craigslist that, hey, you know, you have an apartment. And I said, you know, this is a new app coming out. And if you want, I can post your apartment to our app. And if you want, I can just, you know, you can import your app. I'm just trying to see what would they do. And I actually received, I think, seven to eight replies. Like, I don't remember the numbers, but something below 10, but above seven. And
0: Well, how many emails did you send out?
1: Uh, I think I sent out um, around 60, I guess.
0: So Okay.
1: And uh, it was hard because I was finding the right, you know, I was not just sending to anybody. I was trying to scan who looks to be a legitimate ad, not scam.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of scams out there. There's a lot of scams out there.
1: So, you know, I got the response. I think it's positive. I should go ahead and do it. Then I started asking my friends before, you know, hey, would you like to see something like this in your life? And how can I help you guys? it was all good and that's it just start coding you know start designing and getting help from people finding the right people for the design because I, I am not a designer so I had to find someone mm-hmm. and uh, get the sketch you know the basic things before I can start developing
0: yeah I think that the research that you did is that's a really important point because I think that a lot of people will have an idea and then will just immediately start Working on it, and for a lot of people that don 't know how to code, a lot of times I'll just be like immediately start doing wireframes or start kind of designing their application when really an idea by itself is nothing. You need to have that proof of concept yeah and yeah. i I like how on Craigslist because. You, what you are trying to do is find the pain points for people that are currently using Craigslist, and the best place to do that, obviously, is through Craigslist. And it works out perfectly because they're making listings there, and they have emails there, so you can just send them an email and kind of get their feedback immediately.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think what we did because you know I have been involved in other companies before, and I failed. I think I failed in every company I started, and I was trying to find like what did I do wrong. This whole thing these days about the lean startup and MVP, I think it's so important. And this time, I actually when I emailed people, I had something because I was testing. Even with the emails, I was testing three different kind of emails. In one, I mentioned, "Hey, we have an app and we have hundred thousand views." You know, other one, we're just a new you know website is launching soon, and we can you know offer you import ads. And we can find you more roommates. We actually have some people. You know, just to see which one works. And When you see, okay, this is work, you can kind of have an email and you have responses. Then you see that all these people are actually asking you something back. I remember everyone asking me, even before visiting the site, that is this free? Like, is this free? This is, even today, you know, even today I get this question, is this free? So you can change just a line and say, you know what, post your ad for free. It's going to make a big difference. And.
0: Yeah, because the, the amount of people that are actually going to respond and ask that question are a lot fewer than the people that are actually thinking that when they see the email.
1: Yes, yes, so, yes.
0: So when you see a common question like that, you're like, okay, well, I need to change the copy a little bit to address this question, because for all the emails that I'm getting, there's a ton of other people that aren't responding that are also thinking that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, definitely. I I think this is the way to go, right? Test and then actually do it. and just after that then we scan 100 ads just to see what do people really post in the ads and it's interesting we created like fields for everything you know the title uh, the place the location the neighborhood the price and i think this was my research actually before Rumi. this was all i had to start with because i didn't know what features i didn't know what fields you know now if you go into the app i ask you hey are you a non-smoker or smoker i know because i have seen people posting it in the ad They always mention this thing, always mention about the pets, always mention that don't bring the party home. You know, I remember back in days, they would say no couples sometimes, you know, or only looking for students or only looking for professionals. I don't want you to be home all the time. I want you to be working. You should have a full-time job. So we had all these things from there. Uh, And I think it was just easy enough, you know, 100 ads, you scan each and, and I remember the rent we didn't know how much are people willing to rent an apartment, and we found it is something nine hundred was our average in New York City. You actually has a nine hundred rent average
0: that seems and low to me
1: it it does it does I think because there are expensive apartments, but then I think we forget about the the smaller ones you know mm-hmm. those one tiny rooms that you just pay eleven hundred twelve hundred then it comes down to something
0: It's true I, what a lot of people think of rent in New York. Like if you're renting a single place, it's going to be a lot less or a lot more expensive than renting out a room in somebody. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that does make sense.
1: Very small. You know, it's like a small room. It can fit maybe just a twin bed, just just very basic, you know, and there, there are many rooms like that.
0: I've, I've lived in a room like that. It was maybe like 10 feet by 15 feet. It was the tiniest little room and <laughs> y- you do what you got to do sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this city is expensive, right? Like it's, it's hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, so, when you're yes. doing this research, are you focusing just on one area and the, is this all manual stuff that you're doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was all manual. Like I wanted to do it myself to really read line by line to understand what exactly people are looking for.
0: What did you what sort of system did you have to to capture what you've learned or I what did. as you were going through it?
1: I only used, you know, Excel sheet and I just made my notes. I I went to one ad and seen okay, what are the things in this one Craigslist ad. So, you know, the title and all these things. So it's just, I start checking out the keywords. If people are mentioning something a lot more times, like professional and this, then I start mentioning, okay, this one room has type of people, is professional, and then students. And it's non-smoking, so I start giving their numbers, zero, one, is a yes or no. You know, just things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that once you had... This idea sort of done. And you're a coder, but you're not a designer. So you went through and you tried to find a designer. What, how did you approach finding somebody to design your application?
1: So I kind of had a little bit of design background because I have been involved with some designers. So I knew that what kind of design I, am, you know, I want. So the, the websites are you know, Dribbble. I knew about Dribbble. Behance is a good one.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'll put those in the show notes because those are fantastic resources for finding developers and if you're a developer yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you just start scanning people. I think you should have some sort of idea that I like this kind of design. It should, you know, maybe flat design, maybe, you know, more glossy design. You know, if, if you know what you're looking for a little bit or maybe if you don't know, then I think just resemble the design that you like. Suppose, hey, I like this app a lot. Let me find something like this. And Behance and on and Dribbble, the search. You can put in keywords, you can search apps, you can search people. And so I started making a list of people that I like, like maybe 50. Then I started emailing them back one by one. Hey, you know, we have this idea and would you help me really design this uh, new app? That was it and I started getting replies.
0: Yeah, so you brought on a designer and how, how does that work when you hire a designer? Like how many different uh sort of design choices do you get back? Do the iterations like how is your relationship with them?
1: So I think it depends the kind of designer that you're working with. If you're working with a very professional, you know, they would only give you one Mac, like one or two Macs. And I knew that, you know, you would have to revise a lot of times. So I found some guy who was in college but just about to finish his college. So he was just working for, as a freelancer, small projects. So he said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to gain some experience. I'm trying to gain some more clients. So he's going to do it more often than anyone else would do. So he did, I think, four to five revisions. Mm-hmm. So he will redesign everything and send it back. You know, it just changes. We send them back.
0: Did you try to find somebody who just charged freelance rates or sort of an equity exchange? Or how did you kind of just dis- make that decision?
1: I try to do the equity because I think, you know, you have no money and I guess, you know, you're bootstrapping it, you, whatever you can loan on credit cards. So I tried that. But I think what happens with freelancers, they don't want to deal with that. I ha- I talk to a lot of people.
0: It's a big risk.
1: Yeah, it's a big risk. So all they care about is getting the money and getting the job done. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's good because, you know, they're still learning, they're still progressing, and that's why they have a freelancing job because they can have, make money on their own terms. And why would they want to be involved in some risky business they don't know about? Mm-hmm. So I think you got to pay the, the, for the first time.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And especially, I think, when you have an idea and you've done the research to prove that it's a good idea, then why would you want to give up any equity?
1: Yes, yes. You. If you believe in something, then why not take more risk, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, so definitely hiring somebody and keeping the, the equity for yourself is what I always say that people should do. And that's why it's so important to test the idea, so you actually know that it's a valid thing before taking on that risk. You're not just doing it for no reason.
1: Yes, I think test first and then execute, I would say.
0: Now, when you first brought on the developer, the the question that I had was, is this pre-iOS 7? Because iOS 7 changed everything. Or yes. when was this?
1: It is pre-iOS 7.
0: How did that affect things when Apple made that big change? Because so your application is still new right now.
1: Yeah, uh, I think Apple is kind of pushing for next month for everyone to have iOS 7, all the new apps. Mm-hmm. Just the new apps. And when I submitted the app on October 16th, and it iOS 7 just came out, right? Like yeah. September's. So it was, you know, it was very new, and Apple didn't really give us a hard time putting the app in the App Store. It was easy. And I, I didn't have time and money and resources to change it to iOS 7. It's like the whole thing, do it again. So it's working. For now, it's working. Mm-hmm. I'm not really paying attention to that.
0: And the app looks gorgeous, too. If anybody wants to download it, it's room with an eye, and you definitely should. And it's absolutely, it's gorgeous. I really, I really like the design. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So you do the coding and development. Tell me some of the other hats that you have, because as somebody that's owning this project and this is kind of your baby, what, what else do you do? So
1: I think I started with coding. You know, The first uh, version had almost 70% code that I, I did myself. And after that, I actually started focusing on testing a lot more stuff Um, marketing you know just using free tools that I can find to do and finding the right people who can guide me so I call them advisors or mentors and interacting with people all of my users almost every day so that's I think that's what all I do is even today
0: now how do you interact with your users what's your kind of platform for that
1: I use um, you know first of all I check you know okay these are the new signups so I email them personally that hey one by one hey I know that we don't have a lot of apartments, and I do apologize, but we are building the database with the roommates and the apartments. So, is there any way that I can help you find an apartment? And it's so interesting to see when you reach out to people and really ask them, "Can I help you?" And I, I'm sorry, you know, I know the experience not might be you know what you're looking for, but I can help you. People get back to you, so they're humble, they're nice, they come back to you. He's like, "Wow, thank you so much." you know, for asking me, and this is what I'm looking for. I did a lot of testing with emails, like what kind of emails do people open? So now I have a set format, and it works.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important, especially as you're new and trying to grow, that you just be as personal and real as possible and send people actually emails, not just generic ones, actually ask for feedback, respond quickly. I think one of the important things for startups that they tell new entrepreneurs to do is put your phone number on the website like your actual phone number and take calls answer questions you should be at all times managing your users and making them happy
1: yeah i, I would agree with you and i think thanks for reminding me because i read about this thing but i forgot I don't have my phone number. I think I'm gonna put it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know that a phone number is particularly important if you're asking for like somebody to make a purchase. And depending on how big they are, there's there should be certain things in place about how what kind of reassurance they need in order to make the the purchases. But something like this, I, I mean I would totally list my apartment if I was trying to find a roommate because the the Craigslist it works but it's it's not a good way to do things. It's so painful.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they're just not changing. You know, it's, it's been there forever, and people have changed. Technology has changed. You know, people are looking for more. They're open to share their stuff now. People are using Facebook, Twitter, other stuff, right? But... All these people are, they should change. I guess they should integrate more social stuff so I can know who the person is that I'll be living with and who the, whom I'm talking to. I don't
0: even know. They should never change because now we have opportunity to make new stuff. Um, uh, I think I read an article last year it was when somebody was saying that one of the biggest opportunities or the new kind of businesses we're seeing is just people creating new versions of features offered on craigslist so like finding a roommate buying and selling things uh, meeting new people like all of these categories as, that exist on craigslist in this kind of antiquated form that's been translated to the internet that's where a lot of opportunity is for new ideas and if you're looking for new ideas to create an application you should go to craigslist and see what hasn't yet been capitalized
1: yeah, I think that's why we started as well.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because Airbnb came out, and you know everyone knows how they did it, and it worked. And yeah. then I remember Yard Sale came out out of nowhere, and they became big just for buying and selling stuff from Craigslist. I I think I don't even know if they used it, but I'm sure like you know you can build stuff because this is a big giant, and you can find people, you can find the business, and you can find consumers.
0: Yeah, just that's- niching it down.
1: Yep, yep. I think one small niche market at a time, I guess, because that's where we have a very niche market is just the roommates, like short term rental, and trying to help people, you know, find these people.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, previously to me that you're still in beta mode, and your app is currently in the store. So people can go and download that now. What kind of approach do you have in terms of being uh, a new app and growing? And what what's your sort of trajectory in terms of that?
1: I think what we did is when we launched the app first. I just wanted to see that how you know how many downloads, if people are gonna use it or not. So I think with being in beta, the the really good thing is I can test so many different things, and I can see if this works and this doesn't, and I can get ready for the main app when whenever I'm ready to launch it in, in public. So it is is growing, I think, with the whole, uh, you know, I iterate, I learn, and I I make changes. This all happens uh, very easily, not having too many people, you know, and not too many problems. Much easier to interact with users personally, it becomes a lot easier than having, you know, 10,000 people to talk to. So I think it's been great.
0: Yeah, you definitely got to structure it differently once you start getting a little bit bigger.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. And at this stage, you know, the the more you learn, you actually get ready for the bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it really, really helps a lot.
0: So out of all of the things that you're doing, is there anything that you didn't really expect or that takes a lot more time than you expected it to? Yeah,
1: I think it did. And I would say, you know, when we build the app, even the basic thing is just the push notification. So... I was trying to keep it very lean, just the function that people can sign in and, you know, post an apartment, tell about themselves and their roommate preferences. They can even send a message to someone else, but the push was not there. And the second big thing that I never realized was that most of the people do not like using Facebook. And this has been the biggest challenge I think I have faced because people do download the app. People, you know, scroll screens, hey, what is it all about? And whenever they see the Facebook sign in, they, I don't know what happens to them. They just don't do it.
0: Yeah, that's they, one thing I always see too. I think that it's a matter of a, a couple of things these days. I mean, people just don't trust applications anymore they've had it spoiled where they just know they they're very controlling over what shows up on their wall and even if there's a little thing saying this cannot post uh messages on your behalf i don't know if they even like trust it. they don't trust facebook
1: i i think so you know i don't know something about the user behavior they're more willing to i think give you the username and the password mm-hmm. so that's i think that's much easier you know i would say the second beta release that I'm, we should be releasing soon, either would I would have, you know, test the email and password, or just test the phone number. I think phone number works, like WhatsApp. You mm-hmm. have phone number, you get a verification code, you enter that, and you're done. You never have to remember your username and password. Like, there's nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. that's nice, because so many people forget their passwords easily. The password. <laughs> yeah. I, I started using a password manager maybe like two or three years ago. And I really didn't realize how many passwords I had. And I remember when I first got it and I was first setting it up, I was going through my web browser at the time. Because I remember that, or that's at the time where I saved most of my passwords, just in the browser. And so I was going through adding all the ones that I actually needed. That way I could just clear house. And I didn't realize how many I actually used and how many accounts that I had. And there were so many things that I had totally forgotten about. And over the years, as I've done it, I have like a few hundred logins and passwords. And it's nice to have a password manager because now I have unique things for almost everything too. And it makes me feel much better.
1: Yeah, I believe you. I think I would have the same. Like once in a while, maybe in six months, I go back and check my emails and see what are these accounts that I'm signed up for. Because, you know, you don't even know. You get all these newsletters. You don't even recognize them anymore. Mm-hmm. You go back and delete your accounts or maybe you know just clear everything from there and keep it to few things that you use every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh that's what I do. Yeah, same. So, you haven't really done much marketing from Rumi, you said, right?
1: I actually have not done like none.
0: You've done marketing. none. How many downloads have you had? Um Till today
1: we had, you know, above three thousand.
0: That's significant. How? Where do you think this comes from?
1: Ah, uh, it's so hard to really find out where it comes from because Apple doesn't show you anything. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't, and I'm, I'm confused. I'm trying to find the resources, but it's hard. Like, only thing I have been tracking is you know I use Bitly for everything I do in my life. So mm-hmm. for Rumi, I have a Bitly account. Whenever I share my link with anyone, it has to be Bitly. And just from uh, you know my Bitly link, I have almost 500 um, clicks. I don't know really who you know actual downloads from those, but that's all I have, I guess. Except that I have no clue. I, I'm sure people are uh, finding it from um, the App Store because our ranking is pretty high. And if you type in just a roommates or roommate. Um v rank at uh, number three, so that that's pretty awesome, I guess you know this is helping us to uh, drive more downloads
0: yeah I know that with uh my app reader tracker, which is just so basic and so simple that if somebody's just looking for something just to track books I'm fairly high in the rankings and I know that I've gotten some press and some articles written about it simply because I'm there and so they're writing a, a article about reading and they search for reading tracking and bam, I'm right there. And so if somebody's looking for roommates, you're going to be right there.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, people have to work on the keywords a lot. Like the first version, I didn't have a high ranking. Like imagine, you know, the first one I had the ranking for roommates, I think was nine or 11. It would just keep switching back and forth. This time I just changed my keywords and boom, it's like number three and plus i think the it i think it's the ranking the keywords you know the whole aso and how your downloads are going how many times people use your app i think it all kind of combines into your ranking thing and after the push notification people have been using our app like 3 times more than what it was happening 6 days ago
0: wow so, so tell yeah. me more about how you utilize the push notification
1: for for now, it's very basic. It's uh, You have an apartment, and if someone is trying to contact you, they send you a message within the app. So it's just like text message. And when I receive a message, I get a push notification. So I can go back, check it, and I can reply. And I think this has changed the entire numbers that we have been, like it's three times more for everything that I have seen so far.
0: Oh, I readily believe are that. Are
1: interacting more talking all the time, you know, and it's good to see, you know, that these people are really trying to meet up and, you know, see the apartment and meet the person and actually move in.
0: Mm-hmm. So how long has your app been in the App Store now?
1: Um, it's um, above, you know, two months, I would say two months and uh, two weeks.
0: Mm-hmm. And how many updates have you had since it first came out? Like how many iterations have, has the App Store seen?
1: Uh, just two.
0: Just two. And the yes. second one mostly, like, or one of the things that did was change around the keywords to get you higher up there.
1: Uh, I think keywords and uh, the push notification.
0: And the push notification. Yes. Was there any other changes? Like, Did you have any surprises about how people use the app or were you pretty confident when you went in there about how it worked?
1: I kind of knew it because um, I'm very slow when it comes to uh, the execution part. What I have learned is... I really have to see what works and what doesn't, and I make my notes. You know, I keep writing things down, keep having my notes and graphs and all these things. And for the next version, I take the time so the strategies launch something and squeeze all the juice, take out everything that that version has. So with the first one, we were very basic. Trust me, people were sending messages, and the other person doesn't even know that if you have a message. It was really, really bad, but I had to wait for the right time to change it. I wanted to see how far this can go before I invest my time and more money. And everything was confirmed, people like it, people have been sending a lot of messages. It's like, okay, now we have to do the push.
2: Mm-hmm. Just did
1: the push, and this is the only thing I have changed in the app. Now I really want to see the behavior, what happens when the push works? What kind of things are people working on before thinking about the next big feature and spending more money? So. I'm just gonna wait. For, I think for end of, end of January, get all these things together, and that's it. Then one more update, just to make things work.
0: Mm-hmm. And then after that, are you gonna do uh, the big marketing push?
1: I am trying to do it by February end. Yes. Okay. Um, and that is going to be not a big one, but just trying to contact you know some people you know you know in PR and wherever I can some personal connections that I have made so far in the last last two years and see if they're interested to write something about this thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's, that's all I would. I'm not going to spend really any money on marketing. I don't really don't believe in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: You're just so, going to do it all, all yourself.
1: I think it's easy. You know, you, I think uh, what matters in a startup, I have realized, is your personal connections. I think you can count on your personal connections more than just spending money outside because I haven't raised money. So it doesn't make sense to really go out and spend money. Yeah. And I have no money to really spend to bring more people. If I cannot solve the problem with a free version or just by coding you know, the app, then why do I need to spend money to bring people?
2: Mm-hmm. If,
1: if the app is there and no one is using it, then why would you go and spend more money to make people use it? It doesn't yeah. make sense to me.
0: Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense.
1: So I think basic, you know, trying to contact the best, uh, you know, like the TechCrunch, the Verge, And Mashable, all these sites and local newspapers, you know, I have, I've been making a list of things that I would be approaching all these people. Send them an email, see if they like it. I think it's going to go online and some local app stores, like, you know, Apple has an app store, you know, other people have like different kind of app stores. Uh, Contacting these people and if they like it, they can write about us. So, very basic.
0: Yeah, I I think that's the most important part is to have a plan. And it sounds like you're already thinking about it, which is good, a plan of attack.
1: Thank you. Yes, you have to think, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So you participated in TechCrunch's Startup Alley. Can well, Why don't you tell little people a little bit about what that is?
1: Um, so Startup Alley was great, and I think it's great for people who are trying to guess the buzz. Like, if you are really trying to get the news out on TechCrunch or any other big media site like TechCrunch. And It was great. I was very, very excited. Uh, That was the first time in my life I was there. And I got approached by TechCrunch personally. Hey, you know, we like Rumi and we would love to write about you guys. And I said, "Um, not really, you know, and not right now. And there you would not find your users for sure. So I got the feedback from the people who would never use my product. And it was good. It's just, I think it was good to really network. That's Mm -hmm. what all I would say is this is it's all about networking. And except that, if, he, if anyone is looking for a user or maybe a real product feedback, it's not going to be there.
0: Now, what do you mean you got feedback from people that would never use your product? Why would they never use your product?
1: Um, they're not real users. They're not looking for roommates. And I think they're more into the techie guys. You know, It's like maybe startup guys who are just giving you feedback from the other point, like how to build stuff. But no one is there. They say, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm looking for a roommate. The very few people that you would find, is all about the whole startup culture, you know, going out, raising money. They're all trying to find investors. They're all trying to find this PR push they can do. They're all trying to show their products to you guys so they can sell to you guys. It's a very, I wouldn't say a very, you wouldn't not get a genuine feedback there.
0: Yeah, so Startup Alley is more like a convention where people with apps are trying to shop for investors and press and then investors and press are trying to find the next big thing.
1: Definitely, I think it's for that. You wouldn't find normal people in living in an apartment with you know three roommates and just renting out one yeah. uh, place.
0: So, who would you recommend goes to an event like that?
1: Anyone who's trying to get the buzz, you know, if you have established product or maybe you have been running a product for some quite some time, few months, you have attraction, and now you want to go to the next level, bigger PR, you know, more users. So. This can be the ground. You can showcase what you have done because you would find enough investors over there. People are coming from all these big companies, trying to, you know, just look around if something is good. It's like window shopping. If they like it, they would exchange their contacts. You know, you can have a meeting with these people and you can get feedback from experts about the product, about marketing. Like you would find all these people over there. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for just your users, they're not there.
0: Yeah. So Backing up a little bit, just getting more into you and your coding with the app, you had mentioned that you worked on a bunch of other projects that weren't necessarily successful. Would you mind kind of going over what those kind of were or what you learned from these past projects that led you up to where you are today with something that's actually going extremely well for you?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So back in 2006, I started my first company to help people design and develop websites. And that's where I actually hired people and it was back home in India. So I had a team, uh, you know, anyone would come in, hey, I'm looking for a website, 5, 10 pages, basic HTML, and then we move to, you know, uh, higher platforms and have e-commerce websites, have uh, other kind of websites. So did that for three years, helping people, you know, design, develop, and then i do the SEO and online marketing and the Google AdWords and all these things, I think just a whole shop development shop for three years
0: so at that and time you only knew kind of html css and the seo yeah. stuff you kind of taught yourself
1: i i did but i didn't really start coding back back in days
0: you I did or it, didn't i'm sorry
1: i didn't okay so i actually had people you know uh, i was in india that time and i had saved up some money so i just wanted to do something and it was recently when I moved to u s and I seemed like, "Wow, you know it can be a bigger market." So I started getting some clients here and sending them back over there. So mm-hmm. the work was cheaper. I made some money, and I just closed it down after three years. After that, I started another platform where I actually started coding was a classifieds website, just like Craigslist, exactly like I replicated that Craigslist. <laughs> And just trying to make it better. So we had more categories, more things. And I didn't realize that it's not about more. It's not about the bigger stuff. It's about the smaller things and very targeted and very niche. So I did that for the next three years. It went well. Like We had almost uh, 300,000 people. Um, It was good. But I wasn't really satisfied. I think I didn't really do a good job over there. I think I was just going bigger and bigger, but it was nothing. Like having one hit from one city in one world and then one hit from the other city in the other part of the world. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to
0: do it. What made you decide to learn to code yourself? Um, I
1: come from a kind of coding background. It's since my eighth grade and back in my high school, I used to code you know, C++. And it was fun. It was always fun. And HTML, I liked it. When I came here, I moved to America. You know, it's like all about tech. I didn't really realize that it's going to be so much. And it was back in days, it was really start to boom, you know, and people are doing more. Apps were coming up back in days. So I, th- I think, you and know, I should do it. And I was working on my project and I had a team. So I kind of managed the servers first for like one year. So I was actually installing the site on the servers, managing it, always looking up, setting up emails and setting up email servers. I did a lot of server stuff, like the back-end stuff, to really understand what goes on building this thing.
0: There's a lot of stuff that people don't actually do or understand, so that's an interesting (laughs) place to start.
1: Yeah, 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 because my concern back in days was because I had a team and I didn't really trust these people. Uh-huh. I'm gonna be honest. You know, I was young. I was very young, and I thought, you know what, I should be managing server myself. So no one has the FTP, and no one has all these things. Yeah. But what I didn't realize that they would need to access it all the time to make some changes. And I said to them, you know what? Give me the changes, and I'll do it myself. So it kind of started from there that I started learning by myself. So I would start managing it, same time learning, and I just became, you know, start doing it every day.
0: So you're learning this stuff came from your distrust of the people yeah. that were working for you.
1: It did, it did, it did, indeed.
0: What was the first uh, programming language that you kind of picked up?
1: I actually did C++ back in eighth grade. Uh
0: huh. And yeah. then when you got back into it and started building, was it Objective-C?
1: I did C Sharp um, uh, in the last uh, product. But with this one, I actually freshly started with Objective-C.
0: Now, how did you... Teach yourself Objective-C from uh, a non-object-based language background.
1: So what I did, I started searching online. And um, the first thing I just signed up on Code Academy, they didn't have the program, but I learned basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Same here. Tree, yeah. Treehouse is amazing. I would tell anyone Treehouse. I
0: keep hearing amazing things about Treehouse. I read uh, Ryan Carson's blog. He's the CEO of that, and I love his stuff, and I hear amazing things. I'm going to have to really check this out.
1: It's good. Trust me. I learned, I think, most of my basic skills, really, that I became confident that I can do. I actually built two apps from Treehouse. Very basic. very basic. Uh huh. But I did two apps from just Treehouse.
0: And for everybody here, I'm going to share that link in the show notes. So if you want to check out Uh, Treehouse, it'll just be right in the show notes for you.
1: Yeah, and there's one more site called Code School.
0: Code School, okay.
1: Yeah, I would say about Code School, uh, the way I did it, I actually started on Code School, and I did the first level of Code School. The first very, very basic level that teaches you the basic stuff for Objective-C. And I think I would recommend doing that first. It's such an easy platform. Like I love Code School, but only for the first level not for the next levels for the next ones I moved to Treehouse because I just didn't like how code school has the classes I, I don't know it was I couldn't really understand it was not very clear it was just not step by step it's just they would jump you from one thing to the other uh, expecting you to know that and I didn't know all these things so I moved to Treehouse and they have step by step so I would learn there and I also did a class on uh, Skillshare and um there's, a, I think, one iPhone class and run by this guy, I think I think Scott or something.
0: Local class or online?
1: It's like online class.
0: Okay.
1: It's a video class and this guy has all the resources. He has all the videos. So I used to watch them online, read whatever they have and just start coding myself. So that was great as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, and when you mentioned code school, I thought it sounded familiar. That's where the Rails for Zombies is, which is fairly well known.
1: Yeah. Have you heard yeah. of that one? Uh-huh. Yes, I did.
0: Yeah, that, that teaches you how it to uh, do Ruby on Rails by some sort of a gom- zombie game. So that's really a fun way to do it.
1: That's, I think that's what it is. It is um, they have these games, like levels. Uh-huh. They have all these things that, oh, okay, I, I move to the next level. So it's fun. It's really, really fun.
0: Now, how long did that whole process take you to learn how to code?
1: I think it took me around three to four months, definitely three to four months. Yeah. That seems
0: really short to me.
1: I think you have to just sit on for many hours, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and when you have a background in any sort of language, even if it's not object-based, just like your C and C-sharp, or C++ and C-sharp, I think that's going to help too. Do you think that helped you?
1: It, it definitely does, but mm-hmm. I think it's a new language. So, and it's object-based, so it's very different from what you have done before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think one of the major things why it took us less time to create something, I believe in open source tools. And the way Rumi has been developed and all these things that I have done is a lot of tools has been used. Like I am very good with tools, you know, find the best stuff out there and just use it. So we didn't do the whole coding from scratch. I would go outside on GitHub or maybe other sites and find whatever has been done before. Take it, modify it, you know, if, it's, uh, if you have the permission to do it and use it. Like why to really waste time, right?
0: Yeah. I think that that's one of the best things. I mean, GitHub is an amazing resource for that kind of stuff. Just like if you have any questions, Stack Exchange is fantastic. Yes. yes, Or just Googling it because then you'll take it to Stack Exchange.
1: (laughs) It is, it is. And then you have, I I don't know if you heard about, but there are tools like Firebase and Layer and Parse. And I use Firebase and Parse for Rumi. And they are simply the best and amazing, I could say.
0: Awesome. So, what's kind of next? What's your what's your plan for the next few months and then kind of the next year or two years and beyond?
1: We're really working on the next two beta releases before we go uh, live for everyone. So, right now I'm just understanding how people are using the app and what can I do to make it better? And then, you know, change the next uh, last beta would be changing it to iOS 7 have all the features that we were actually wanting to do, uh, the whole vision about the app, you know, having managing ads from the app, uh, inviting friends within the app, then sending pictures while you're chatting within the app because a lot of people request, hey, can I see the room again? Or maybe can I see that picture? Can I see that picture? So they can send apartment pictures uh, while you're chatting within the app. So just basic these things, that's the first step, finishing the app. Second is going online and uh, having the PR push with all the people that uh, I, I can find, find to write about Rumi.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, whole, you know, the whole process is going on, the building and focusing on the PR. I'm also talking to a lot of advisors. I'm trying to find the people who can help me grow as an individual person and help me to grow, uh, grow Rumi. So identifying those people that, okay, I, I'm not good with marketing, so I have to find an advisor who can help me, uh, guide me for the marketing.
0: Now, how do you go about finding an advisor? I think
1: I would rely on, uh, you know, you, suppose Crunchbase. You can find a company
0: mm-hmm. that
2: you
1: like, and you can find the people who has invested and who are advisors. And what I have used for myself is Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think everything I have done for personal growth is from Twitter and I find all the amazing people on Twitter. So you start following them, start talking to them for a long time, show them that you personally want to get to know them. There's something personal, not business. You're not trying to get something out of them. And if they like you, if you see the person is right, you know what they write about, What you have to kind of find out their beliefs, you know, to find out who they are before you can connect. And if you see that connection that wow, I think he believes in this kind of same things, so or maybe I'm looking forward to him. You know, he's a nice guy or he's, this is a nice, amazing uh, person. That's it. You go ahead and start contacting them. Hey, you know, I just have a question. And if, if you would love to help, that would be great.
0: Yeah. I and, think that's great advice. Cause I always find that Twitter has such a higher response rate and just allows you to really interact with people one-on-one. Whereas a lot of other modes of communication are ignored.
1: It does. I, but the only thing that you have to remember is if it's personal enough. Because it, like when I found my – so I went to SF um, uh, three months ago just to find advisors. And before going there, I was actually talking to these people like for six months. Uh-huh. Something, retweeting, liking, maybe answering something or maybe, you know, they're getting back to me. They start tweeting me again. Then they start following me back, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a process, they know who you are. They they kind of want to know what kind of things do you share. What kind of things do I write, or maybe what is going on here? And if you see, wow, this person can bring a certain value. You tell them, hey, I'm going to SF and would love to meet up.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: you, you kind of have to build that relationship first before you can go and ask, hey, I need help.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Thank you. So. AJ, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I think the show is filled with a ton of great advice that people will be able to just immediately start applying. Thank
1: you so much. And I, I'm actually very excited for this one because I I read about you know the whole vision you have with helping people. And I think it's good because people really need to share, right? I can learn from I actually was um, the other post the first post podcast he had. And I was trying to listen to it. So I think it's good, right? You have people sharing from everywhere.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get on as many people as I can from developers. I got a graphic designer that I'm going to be talking to soon. Um, I'm talking to, because I used to be in tech journalism, so I'm bringing on a bunch of my old coworkers to talk about how to actually get press. And yeah, the one of them that was recently published uh, is Dan Howley from Laptop talking about how to write a good email. So, Oh, man, wow. Yeah. Can, you say, can you send that to me? Yeah, episode two. It, it's, it's out right now, and I'll, I'll send you an email with that. And anybody listening, you guys can get that too. So, AJ, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Uh, my Twitter. <laughs> yeah? What's your you Twitter? Know, and,
1: uh, it's uh, Y-A-D-A-V-A-J-A-Y.
0: Awesome, and I'll put that...
1: Actually, my last name and first name, yeah, I can even Skype you that.
0: Last name, first name, and I'm going to put that in the show notes for everybody listening. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: All right, thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.
0: There you have it, this week's episode of the Novice No Longer podcast. I love having guests who actually build products and build awesome products. If you are looking for a Rubate, definitely check out Rumi. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go onto iTunes and give me a rating. Give me a review. It really, really helps me out. Come on to the website. It is novicenolonger.com. And uh, yeah, I will see you next week. Have a good one.